Welcome to 3D Lila, a journey in 3D. Join us to talk about all things 3D printing, food, and nutrition. On 3D Lila, you'll get updates each week on our 3D printed journey to fitness, challenges you can join, and interviews with other people doing cool things in the 3D printing, fitness, and nutrition spaces. Maybe we'll inspire you even to become a 3D Lila too. Before we get started, a quick reminder that we have goodies and discounts from the supporters of 3D Lila on our website. Just go to 3dlila.com, that's 3dlila.com, and click on the discounts page and check it out. Stay tuned as I'll tell you more about them soon. This week on 3D Lila, we have Amy from MakeSafe. Looking at your environmental surroundings is critical when you're trying to live the healthiest life possible. So welcome to the show. And yes, confession time, we have been a bit late on our usual schedule on getting the show up and it's been all my fault. We've had a lot going on here at 3D Lila headquarters the least of which is we've added new people to the team, we've got speed mentoring events coming up, and I have been zipping all over the place, speaking at conferences, and took a little bebe vacation. Uh, for those of you that don't know, mega projects are a thing that happens throughout the 3D Lila world, and my ever so brave husband has a completely crazy project of his own. He is doing a project called the Figure 8 Voyage, that's the number 8, because the Figure 8 Voyage is him leaving from San Francisco, sailing to the Southern Ocean underneath Argentina, sailing around the world, so circumnavigating Antarctica, up the right-hand side of the Americas, up and over the top through the Northwest Passage, because you can now, because climate change back to San Francisco. So he's basically going to sail a full figure eight on the planet. And what's exciting about that is he's doing the whole thing alone. Yes, by himself. Basically nonstop. So no pulling into port to get snacks or anything. And then um, it'll also be the first time someone's ever done it. So yeah, we believe in, in going big or going home here at 3D Lila HQ. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. I've been prepping for that. But we do have a great episode for you this week. Um, we're going to be talking to Amy over at MadeSafe. And what I really thought was interesting in talking to her and kind of managing my life over the last couple of weeks with all of its crazy is being aware that all of your environment around you impacts um, I think about how wonderful I felt when when I was in Hawaii, poor me, meeting up with my husband and the air and the softness and the gentleness and the quietness and how that impacted me as a person all the way through to I was just on the East Coast last week and had to navigate Baltimore and Washington, D.C. and a train up to New York and airplanes and all of those good sorts of things and how your environment has as much impact on you as your exercise and what you eat and everything else. So we've got a great show for you this week, talking to somebody who I thought was really interesting about 
how you can manage your environments and some of what she's learned in the process. So I will take it away with the interview. I have some good news for you guys. On a previous episode, we interviewed the folks over at ISO Thrive. And when they came in to talk about their prebiotic nectar. And if you didn't hear the episode, the idea behind prebiotics is that all of your gut biome and everything that you take probiotics for is your little army of bacteria in your tummy. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Anyway, what prebiotics are is really fuel for that army. Very cool, huh? We have been testing out IsoThrive's product for the last month and certainly feel different. We're still curious about this project. Um, But the good news for you, if you are a listener, is if you want to be part of this journey and would like to try the IsoThrive product, you can go to our website, 3dlila.com, and click on the link to the right that says special discounts for 3D Lila listeners, and you can get a 50% off discount at IsoThrive. So just a bit of awesomeness for all of you guys. If you want to participate, IsoThrive, 50% off. Go try it out. So on today's show, as I mentioned, I have Amy from MadeSafe joining us, and I'm actually not going to talk about what she does because I'm sure she is far more eloquent on her introduction into MadeSafe and why she started it. So I'm going to stop talking and start asking questions. So <laughs> welcome, Amy. Thank you to, for coming on the show. My pleasure. What, what is what is MadeSafe? How did it start? Give us the goodies. Sure. So MadeSafe is a new certification program. It is a seal that you would look for on consumer products, nothing food. So this is for basically everything and anything else you're bringing into your home at scale. MadeSafe wants to certify it. So right now we've focused on products like beauty products and baby products and bedding as well as uh, water bottles. So that people can know that they have quite literally been made with safe ingredients. And it's not something that a whole lot of other people, I think, think about all the time. But I am obsessed with what is in our stuff. Because it turns out there's a lot of really nasty chemicals that go into what we use each and every day. And when you're talking about health, you'd be remiss if you weren't also giving some real attention to what's in your surroundings. We now know with the state of disease today, you know, cancer impacting one in two men, one in three women in their lifetime, um, that disease is something that we can either kind of turn on our genes for, or on the other hand, turn them off, suppress those genes. So I think that looking at your environmental surroundings is critical when you're trying to live the healthiest life possible. And I started Made Safe in order to do what I call all the hard work, all the homework for people so they could simply find a trusted third party, scientifically vetted solution. And that's the Made Safe symbol on products in stores near you. So I, I talk to lots of people 
And when I hear mission and passion, like I just heard, I'm like, hang on a second. There's a story behind here. <laughs> like, ha- what happened? Like, clearly, and I get the mission thing, clearly something happened in your life that you were like, I'm done. I am going to now, this is my thing. And here is, I'm going to just push forward on how do I ferret out the nasty in all of the stuff around me? What's the backstory there? Absolutely. So for me, the backstory is I'm the most unlikely person to be doing this I could possibly imagine. And at the same time, I feel like everything in my life led up to this. I have a master's in journalism. I was an internet entrepreneur and, um, you know, cut, cut to uh, six years ago when I had twins and more than my first daughter, they were allergic to everything. Things I didn't know you could possibly even be allergic to. I'm talking about diapers, lotions, hypoallergenic creams and washes, wipes, the nursing pillow that I was using to breastfeed them on. Um, They were having angry red rashes and hives and irritations and discomfort and vomiting. And I was like, what is going on? You know, the journalist to me just said, what could possibly be worse? And the mommy in you was probably like, my babies, I cannot imagine. Diapers? Exactly. It was a very, very powerful, (laughs) um, you know, coming together of all of these things. And I was like, I want to get to the bottom of this. And I didn't have to go very far to learn that all of the stuff we use each and every day is filled with, you know, not surprisingly, now chemicals. We live in an incredibly chemical age in an unprecedented chemical time. And we are constantly surrounded and barraged by a variety of chemicals, even if you cannot see, smell, or taste them. So what does that mean? Well, for some people, like my babies, who are more sensitive, you might call them the you know canaries in the coal mine, it means irritations. Their skin sends up a flare. That is their body saying, whoa, something's going on here. And I found out that, you know, there were formaldehyde releasers inside the creams and lotions that I was using on, uh, in some of them. So other things were active agents like preservatives that were irritating them. There were flame retardants in the breastfeeding pillow that I was using. I had to store it outside. It stunk so badly. And yet I would bring this smelly pillow inside to feed my kids. And then they would throw up every single time without fail until I threw it out. And then I learned about it. I learned that inside this, you know, these flame retardants within contained within the foam underneath this flimsy, you know, layer of material uh, were what are known as endocrine disrupting chemicals, chemicals that can lead to developmental delays, behavioral problems, and cancers later in life. And I thought, good grief, that's for sale on the market without any label or warning. This well, is insane. I say, well, so two things. One, like I remember, I was in retail for a long time in my very, very, very long past, and I remember being completely grossed out that formaldehyde is used yep. as a as a very common agent to affix color in clothes. And I was like, wait a second, isn't that the same stuff that they use to preserve you when you die? That's yeah. it's, it. Kind of seems counterintuitive in my head but second of all like one of the things that I was always very impressed with in the U.S. specifically was the rigor that the FDA has around food like in Europe some of the sweeteners that were in some sodas in the in the 80s caused all sorts of birth defects and the FDA said no 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 you can't have these and so you had a different product here I thought they were 
I thought they were kind of the the watcher of this stuff. Is this not the case with stuff? Sadly, it's not the case. And you're not alone in thinking that there is someone, especially in the U.S., looking out for us. Um, there are two laws. It would be, you know, it would be irresponsible for me to say there isn't any regulation around this, but the FDA controls via the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act of 1938. Uh, uh, it, it stipulates certain cosmetic rules, right? But 1938, that was before, that pre-existed most of the you know, chemical and synthetic ingredients that we use today to get really high-performing products. There are now over 85,000 chemicals in use in the products that we use each and every day, and a scant few of them have been tested. For example, in Europe, actually, they're much further ahead on this than we are. They've they've regulated 1,400 chemicals for cosmetics. We've done 11. So, you know, there's this total disconnect. Then there's another law that the EPA controls, and it's known as the Toxic Substance Control Act, or TSCA. Uh, It was just updated this summer, in fact. Um, But it has moved at a snail's pace and is expected to continue to do that. It's been so weak and inadequate that in the 40 years prior to amending this law this summer, it actually was unable to get rid of asbestos on the market entirely. Asbestos, another known carcinogen. Right. So, We've got problems. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> there's part of Well, so I want to talk about the practicality of all of that. Like, so clearly, so I'm sitting here having a panic because I'm looking around my office right. at all my stuff and I'm like, am I quietly poisoning myself? So clearly somebody can use the tools at MadeSafe to learn about products that have been certified. But are we talking about... Like I, I like my, the picture I am painting in my head is that I need to move out to the country, grow all my own organic vi- vegetables, build my own house by chopping down the trees myself, and like all of this sort of stuff. Am I am I overreacting a little bit, or I think how could you? Can, is it actually something you can accomplish and not be freaking out about what's in your house? Yeah, I don't want people to freak out. I think it's a healthy reaction to to learn about this and say, whoa wait a minute, let's take some stock here. Because not enough people do that. What most people do is go, whoa, that's terrible. And maybe I've already poisoned myself or my kid and whatever, and head goes in the sand. Like, la la la, fingers in the ears, I don't want to hear it. But we must hear this because it is the truth. And the reason I can say it is because I know it personally, I've seen it, and I also know that you can take action effectively. So if you think about your body as, you know, a basin and like a bathtub, right? And every chemical that you're exposed to kind of goes into the into the bathtub. Some wash out quickly, some slowly, some stay there. Your body can only handle so much. So at some point, your basin's going to be full and your bathtub is going to overflow. And um, that can happen for people at different ages, at different times in their life. Depends, you know, we're all completely unique based on not just our DNA, but the environment in which we live and what, you know, myriad exposures exist there. But when your tub, your basin overflows, that's when you start to see disease and sickness. My kids, it happened for them very, you know, they were infants. It was so young. So I thought, hmm, what's going on here? And it made me take notice. But the good news here is that our bodies are incredible machines. They are designed to detox. So all I want to do is help people 
really get out of their own body's way, if you will, to do their jobs and to do their jobs better so you can perform better, feel better, live better with more quality and longevity. And, um, and so to do that, you have to kind of take a step back, take a deep breath, and evaluate the things you can do in the short term and the long term to impact your health. And so I do want people to know you can do this. There are studies. There's um, recently a really interesting study of teens in Northern California called the Hermosa study. It means uh, beautiful in Spanish, I believe. And the Hermosa study focused on four particular kinds of chemicals, um, including phthalates, parabens, um, and a couple of others that they just simply took a hundred young girls, uh, young teens really, and switched out cosmetics. Now you can have exposures to phthalates and different kinds of things through food and other ingredients would be that would be found in your home. But simply by switching these these products, the cosmetic products, so the personal care, this, you know, face wash and stuff, away from these four chemicals, they were able to very quickly uh, decrease the amount of the chemicals found in these girls' blood. Uh, actually, it was in their urine that they tested. And so the, the thing that I want people to take away and remember is you can do this too. For those girls in the study, they were, depending on which chemical, it was anywhere from about 27%, 45% reduction in a matter of a couple of days. That's amazing. That means we can do this. And with what we know about epigenetics, as I mentioned, you know, turning genes on or turning them off, we're not just the sum total of our DNA that our parents passed down to us. We are the sum total of our DNA plus what's happening in our environment. So let's remove and reduce the toxins in our environment so our DNA can remain, you know, high performing with those disease genes turned off and with our healthy ones turned on and made safe is the way I approach helping other people to do what I've done, which is really remake our lives with a conscious intent to buy products that are made with safe ingredients. So it's a little, it's, so what you're saying is it's like nature versus nurture or nature and nurture. And as much as we, like, I think about how obsessed I don't have small people myself, but I think about my sisters and they both have small people and how obsessed they were about what they were eating as much as what's around you in an environment, like the whole concept of like be healthy inside and outside. So interesting. What other thing I want to ask about, and this really ties to this concept of exposure too. Like we talked to the guys, uh, well, Jack over at ISO Thrive about the gut biome and what we're learning about this. Doesn't this also tie to like the, is there such a thing as like a skin biome? Isn't this, this is that bathtub that you're kind of talking about, right? The skin biome is a little bit different than the bathtub. I really refer to that as sort of the the measurable body burden that you carry within your body. And that's measurable in urine and blood, hair, stool, et cetera. Um, And so they're different ways of measuring. But the skin biome is another biome that we have. And then the exposome would be sort of the environmental biome around you um, is is really important. It is a diverse group of bacteria, you know, microorganisms, fungi, mites, etc. that live on us. I mean, we are basically vehicles for bugs, both inside and out. And <laughs> we can't see them. And it's kind of gross to think about, but it's also pretty amazing. And it's this emerging area of science. And I don't think we fully 
really understand what our dermal barrier does, if you will, the skin. But think of your skin as the first line of defense for your body for things that are coming at it and things that you're putting on it. And your skin will absorb as much as 60% of what you actually, you know, slather on it and use. So think about that when you're showering or doing your nightly morning routine um, or using something. You know, is that something your skin's eating it? Do you want to? <laughs> Would you eat it? Maybe that helps people sort of frame it in a way that they can think about it. And one of my biggest pet peeves is that people are so quick to try and annihilate the germs mm. that have you know, colonized on our skin that we need. These, these bacteria have really important jobs to do to protect our bodies from foreign organisms and toxic substances. And so think about that when you're using something, quote, antibacterial. Those antibacterials, they contain registered known pesticides. You are now putting on your skin directly a Gross. pesticide can seep in and then, you know, it can't decipher between good and bad. So you're annihilating the bugs. And, and I don't think we yet know really what that does. I think we're just sort of starting to understand it. But what we know is um, the biome, the skin biome today looks very different than what it did hundreds of years ago. And um, that you can go and look at Aborigine people and they have a much more diverse skin biome. And, um, you know, there's something, there's something to be thought of about that. Yeah. I think I absolutely come from the, the background of go outside and get dirty and be exposed to bugs and all of this sort of thing. And I understand, like, I know that there's been a lot of conversation about this whole concept of hyper cleanliness and how, there's all sorts of issues around we're not going to have antibiotics because we've, we've created these superbugs and yeah. And as I've also, I also read somewhere that they're now seeing that allergies are also accelerated because of all of these, like keep yourself so sterile that there isn't, there isn't an opportunity for, for us to kind of thrive, thrive and think, yeah. Your body needs, it's like practice when your body um, comes in, into contact with with what it perceives to be a threat. That's actually a good thing. That's like a fire drill, you know. Okay, fire drill. Let's make sure the equipment's mm. working. We all know where to go in case of an emergency. That's what the bugs are doing on your body. They're practicing. Um, I read in um, in in a book on the microbiome that actually when you eat like super sour foods or uh, certain kinds of tastes and flavors, that too is an internal, sort of like an internal fire drill for your body, if you will. Um, so that it's not always, you know, these things aren't always bad. It is healthy to get sick and get well again um, from a cold or something like that, that, you know, gives your immune system practice. So you know, of course, obviously, that's that fine line. And I really talk about, from where I sit, helping dial up our our health quotient, if you will. Um, that's what I think is really interesting and mm. just a piece of living, you know, living a healthy life. But yeah. one that it can be hard to know how to do. And so I wanted to give people that easy An path. easy way to do that. So only because, so it, we're on 3D LIDA, right? So it's all about fitness and health and weight loss and all of this sort of stuff. Do these nasties have an impact on my weight loss too? I'm about to go, oh crap, now I need to really do an audit of my kitchen and my stuff. 
Yeah, they can. Absolutely. So if your body is filled with toxins and waste, um, then your body is going to, your, your body holds toxins in fat. That's where they store. So your body might not be willing to lose weight if it's highly toxic. So it's good to work with a doctor who knows how to, um, help you clear those toxins. If you're really working on a deep kind of cleanse and you're getting to maybe a plateau, you can't lose weight. You can't figure out why that might be a reason why. And the, the other thing is that these endocrine disrupting chemicals, some of them have been called, um, labeled as, uh, what's called obesogens and obesogens sounds pretty grim, right? Um, they can prime you to make you fat actually. And what they do is they live in your fat cells. And as you start to lose weight, they come out and basically say, Hey, no, no, stay big and tubby. We love you. (laughs) Yeah. Feed me. I'm hungry. You're not, no, no, come on more. And so this is a real, you know, this is really a problem and, um, it's, it, it needs and deserves a lot more, uh, a lot more attention, but these are connected to, you know, the obesity problem we have in America, the diabetes problem we have in America, um, endocrine disruptors play on your metabolism, controlling hunger and different, um, different, uh, things, you know, all of those hormones that, that control, um, our body's beautiful symphony. And we, we need to, you know, pay a little attention to that in this modern world. So, for those of us that are in a slight blind panic at the moment, although I'm not, like I joke about that. I sit here and I was, you know, I was doing a bit of an audit of my, of my lifestyle and my things. And I'm like, well, I don't have the main safe sticker, which is a problem. Uh, I do try to live a fairly organic life. Um, but what are the, like, if I was to sit here and I was listening to the show, like what three things would you tell somebody, look, here, here's some simple things that you can do today. Right. To start well, mitigating all, this. No, no more blind panic. Take <laughs> a deep breath. You now know some of this information. This is the start of your journey. Wherever it begins, that's a good place to start. So deep breaths and kudos for that. Second thing is open some windows. Open your windows every day. You can literally change the air of your environment by simply opening a window. If you live facing a highway directly, don't open those windows, open the, you know, the other side. Yeah. Um, but that is going to be, you know, huge, doesn't cost anything. You can, everybody should be able to open some windows where they live. That's one. Two, create a uh, shoe zone so that when you come into your home, you take off your shoes so that you don't track in the toxins, what are known as PAHs, polyaromatic hydrocarbons, very sexy term here, uh, that you, you might they come off the ground from, from exhaust and you can track them in. They're pretty highly toxic. So leave them at the door in the bin and take them out again, rather than tracking them into your home. Um, also some really simple fixes. Don't clean with anything with fragrance unless you've made it yourself with, you know, lemon or vinegar. If you're not a DIY person, uh, then make sure you're buying fragrance-free cleaners because those are a huge contributor to indoor air pollution. When you're cooking, if you use gas especially, again, open windows, turn on the fan and exhaust. Um, Another simple fix is the flame retardants, which I touched on that were in the nursing pillow I use. They're also in your couch. Those are probably some of the biggest Um, They may be in your bedding, you know, some of the biggest toxins. They're heavy molecules. They settle on the ground. If you have a dust bunny, that's filled with toxins. You don't really want to touch it. What you want to do is not sweep it. Either use a HEPAVAC or use a slightly wet, damp mop to just pick those things up. So doing a damp mop in your house frequently can actually cut down on 
toxins enormously. So I say these things, those were all simple, yeah. easy and fixes and and then you can go you know further by implementing okay what's the thing you need to buy next for your home let's see if made safe has a solution for it well we'll certainly do that and that is really simple i hadn't i'm just looking i see all the shoes around my desk i have a terrible shoe problem so i will i will certainly start doing that immediately are things looking up are people beginning to get this is there hope on the horizon for us around here because I think about the conversations I have with people and granted I'm in a bit of a bubble of I'm curious about all of these sorts of things, which is why we're talking today, but are more people talking about this? Are people beginning to get it? It feels like they are, right? I do think more and more people are really beginning to get this. I think it's the next big wave in the zeitgeist that, you know, we had food and now there are a lot of people who are fighting for uh, knowledge about what's in our food and in a similar way um, we need to now do that with products and there are more and more people who are talking about it and one of the things I want to do is is help facilitate not just the conversation but be a catalyst to making better safer products to eliminate the use of toxic chemicals not just in this country but around the world ultimately it goes up and down the supply chain and we have to just get you know, the toxicants out. And so I've created um, this this certification program that consumers can use. But on the other side, it's for brands. Brands now, for the first time, have a roadmap to creating a product without using toxins. And Mm -hmm. that really didn't exist before. So I don't want to presume that people automatically know how to do this it's complicated there are secret ingredients and hidden ingredients and things that you know even a good brand can make a mistake on and so we're here to provide some guidance there to help foster and um yeah. you know move change to happen faster so not just tut-tutting but helping to to be a resource for them as well that's awesome so we'll absolutely put a link to made safe in the show notes if people want to learn about it but what's the is there other ways that people can interact with you? Where can we find you on the socials? Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'd love it. We are at MadeSafeHQ on Twitter. We are on Facebook at MadeSafe. And um, we are also MadeSafeHQ on, um, on LinkedIn. Probably LinkedIn, find me, Amy Ziff, before looking for made safe. Um, and so we're, we're all over and, you know, we're still a new organization. So, so if you think what we're doing is interesting, please, you know, spread the word. We always say, you know, tell everyone you love about made safe because it's that simple of a solution and it's, it's for everybody. And we really do want to make this part of the, you know, the, the national and dinner table conversations that are happening around the country. And you can be a part of that. So please support us, support our work and and follow and share. Well, you'll be pleased. This is how we met is somebody who loves you said, Oh my God, you need to talk to Amy at MadeSev. And I was like, absolutely. So it's working. (laughs) So we're running out of time, sadly. Like I've got so many other questions. Oh, I'm such a nerd. Um, But we are coming to an end. And as we do with all of our guests, because it's all of our little 3D Lila world, we always have our two favorite questions, which are, Amy, what is your favorite food? I mean, does chocolate count as a food? Yes, absolutely. Oh, fantastic. I I am, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of uh, just a slave to chocolate. And so I'm constantly thinking, like, how can I put chocolate in that and make it be healthy? So I have... <laughs> 
Um, I have like, I have a good fudgesicle recipe so we can have some summer pop. And uh, I, have, <laughs> I have like all kinds of ways of putting cacao in things and experimenting and, um, you know, but a good dark chocolate. I love Patrice chocolate. Amazing. Um, really well crafted good chocolate. I, I don't even think there should be any guilt involved in that. That's just good, rich antioxidant food. That's awesome. Well, we had a guest on, well, there is no judgment on what is your favorite food. We actually had Kraft macaroni and cheese in a box once from one guest. Uh, <laughs> and we had another guest talking about mindfulness and she was a big endorsement, endorser of uh, ice cream, um, mm-hmm. even as a, a health and lifestyle coach. So, so no, there is no judgment. And I am a big fan of chocolate too. And then because we're super nerds, and clearly I have found a fellow super nerd. Like you've gone from journalist to scientist kind of overnight <laughs> through all of this, which is super cool. What new technology out there are you most excited about? So there are some really interesting uh, measurement tools, and I think measurement is really important, especially if you want someone to take action. The best way to get them take, to take action is to measure this. So I look forward to the day when there's even more. But right now, there's um, a wearable tracker that can measure uh, chemicals in your environment, oh. um, environmental pollutants, called MyTzoa, and it's T-Z-O-A. And I think that's really interesting. I also think this um, it's an app in conjunction with, again, a technology. This one's not wearable, but it's portable, and it's designed for your home, and it's called AirMentor. And then you can look and see what's in your home. And what's so interesting is then to open a window and see how you can really oh. just reduce those toxins. So that can be very helpful to get people to start thinking about that. And then there's a third that I'm really interested in as well, which is these silicone wearable bracelets. It's called My Exposome. And they're looking at tracking an enormous number of um, potential environmental toxicants that you might come in contact with. And silicone is a very porous material. So all you have to do is wear it and then you send it in um, for submitting and testing. And I think those three technologies are still relatively new, um, each a different, slightly different phases, but um, things that, you know, I, I think are interesting now and just imagine how much better they will get over time uh, and really change the game on this. Because when you are talking about chemicals, which you can't see, smell or taste, it's really hard to get people to get their heads around it. And especially since so many of these chemicals don't act right here now today my children did but many people it takes years and years so the exposure happens and who knows when you're going to see impact or how you're going to see impact and that's you know that makes it hard to get your mind around but these kinds of tools these technologies enable us to you know put some measurement there and with measurement again we can take action and so it's very motivating for reductions very cool mood ring for toxins almost (laughs) love that Love that. Well, because I think about, like I think about that, and I go, well, so I could sort out my house, but what if I'm going to the office or to school or something like that? Really interesting. Right. The whole wearable space is just fascinating. I need to have a guest on about that. We will have to it make is. it work out. It is. Well, of course, I can just introduce you know the whole concept of uh, EMF in wearables and the electromagnetic frequency from them too. But you know. <laughs> Oh, I know. Clearly, we need to have 
some organic wine and talk about this some more because I have found my people. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show. This was fascinating. And thank you for helping educate the listeners and sharing your story. And as I said, we'll put all sorts of links in the show notes for those of you that are listening. If you're like, oh, my God, I didn't write all that stuff down. Uh, We've got it all there for you. And uh, we will link to all of the social media tools and websites and what have you so people can find you and learn more. Thank you again. And keep us posted on everything that you're doing. Terrific. Thanks for having me. Well, that's all at 3D Lila for now. As always, we want to hear from you. Let me know with your comments on our website at 3dlila.com, on Twitter at 3D Lila, and on our Facebook page. Come over there and like us. Today's show was produced and edited by the team at the Amplify Lab. A big thanks to Lucy Heston, our audio and digital producer, and generally the person who keeps us all in line and Kelly Burt, our show editor. Until next time.